might have been the best episode of the challenge this season. This was a banger. I'm John Chidley Hill. I'm Sheldon Alexander, and I totally agree. That was a great, 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 great episode of the challenge. And this is You Killed It, the podcast about the challenge, talking about spies, lies, and allies. Episode nine. Episode nine. It took us nine episodes to get me like hype, 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 and to give people behind the scenes. Like we're recording this on Thursday morning. I woke up at like 6 a.m. I was just up mad early. Couldn't really sleep. Whatever reason I was up. I knew we were recording later on in the morning, but either way up mad early and I'm like screaming at my TV like so hype because so much was going on in this episode it was so good it was excellent and so the reason why we're recording it on Thursday morning is I had to work until 2 a.m. so I do not have a lot of sleep under my belt but I am feeling wide awake because this this is a good episode is interesting because it wasn't particularly physical. It's not like we're seeing someone get like blown up or just like exploded through. There's no hall brawl. Yeah. Just the politics yeah. was so interesting. And I thought they did a very good job of illustrating how it all shook mm-hmm. out. So let's let's start breaking it down. As soon as we get back in the house from Priscilla's big speech. Nelson is telling her, he's congratulating her, but also says, hey, all the girls are mad at you right now. And it made me wonder, was it necessary for Priscilla to make that speech at the end of the last episode? Do you think it was? No, definitely. Well, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. I'm going to actually say yes. And I was going to say that, okay, cool, it is good TV. But I also think she's letting it known. I'm not one to just, I'm not one to mess with. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if she just made that move and, like, played all meek and shy about it, then maybe there's retribution to follow. But I think the fact that she did it and then stood on it, that kind of let everyone know, okay, don't mess with me. And I think, I think if you, it, I mean, we'll get there, but there was a conversation where she had with Nani where Nani was like, no, I respect the move that you made. I would have done the exact same thing. But I think the fact that she vocalized it emphasized how confident she was in her move and that there wasn't back down. And I think that's very important. It was important. Um, and it, it set off such an interesting chain of events. First of all, um, we have a conversation and it becomes a key conversation that Josh, Tori and Corey mm-hmm. have. Where Josh, typical Josh, is real paranoid and he thinks now they have a target on their backs because he's Priscilla's partner. Tori says she threw a bone in the plan and then realizes that what she meant to say is threw a wrench in the plan. And Corey, I thought, made a good point where I said, hey, let's not take away from what we've done mm-hmm. here. Like, we've held the Veteran Alliance together through eight episodes we were just about there like we were pretty dang close there was uh three all vet teams when this thing blew up it was as probably as close as they were gonna get and like i said he's right but it doesn't sit well with your guy josh does anything ever really sit well with josh josh is gonna take any little thing and try to blow that up into something 
much bigger than it needs to be. And he did that here, be, turning it into Corey being like, oh, see, Corey said it's game on. It's like Corey didn't say it's game on. The game said that it's game Corey on. Corey says it's game on to dinner. Like, no, but, Corey says game on to everything. But even, like, but even if Corey did in that conversation say, hey, now the real game begins, like, don't they all know that already? And this is another thing that came up in the uh, after show, right? Which is a good question that I'm going to ask you and also ask the viewers. Why is it that Corey is the one getting blamed for saying, hey, now we're... Now the games have begun. The vet alliance is done. Why is Corey the one getting blamed for that? Shouldn't have been Fessy. Fessy is the one that actually threw in Amber just off rip like weeks ago. Wasn't he the one that kind of yeah. ended the vet alliance? But that doesn't even get brought up a lot. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what to tell you. I think. I think what happened. This is my um, interpretation. Mm -hmm is that Josh in his paranoia paranoia blew up um like what Corey said. He made it a bigger deal than it really was. And unfortunately for Corey, Corey sort of played into it. Not not realizing it, but like when Corey as we'll see later starts to rally the troops, his troops it looks yeah. bad. And Corey also, when we talk about the daily competition, had a lapse in judgment, but it was like a split second decision. But here, here's the other part of it, right? So Nani's answer to that was Nani tried to spin it and say like, you know, Fessy didn't really kill the Vet Alliance because Amber wasn't there when the Vet Alliance was set. So she wasn't really a part of it. She wasn't there to like make the deal with the whole crew. But to me, there's like shade within that. Because I don't really think that they look at Amber as an actual vet. One, we already know that they don't like her. But two, she won in her rookie season. So they don't really see her as a vet, despite the fact that she came in and she's obviously not a rookie. So to me, the whole thing is it's messy all around. And it is Josh and Fessy's fault. They are the ones that ended the vet alliance because they pretty much ended their own alliance before making up probably in a last ditch effort to hope that neither of them was getting sent home for the fight that occurred. But to blame this on Corey, and we'll get into this when we get to the actual elimination. I mean, I, I just think it's, it's dumb. Like you kind of already know where everyone stands. And as Corey's the one that, that breaks everything down in terms of who's aligned with who within the house, isn't that, kind of obvious like if Corey's able to sit there and say yeah. hey my crew you know if he's saying that his crew is him nelson and jeremiah and then devin's crew is uh devin ct and ed and kyle logan's kind of in the middle and then there's a big brother crew like plus a man yeah but like if Corey's able to sit there and see that like and priscilla supposedly ended all this like josh is just being josh to me i agree and also those three groups that Corey outlined in his conversation with nelson i wasn't shocked there's a couple wrinkles mm -hmm. but like we already knew Devin, kyle and ct ran together obviously we already knew about the big brother mm -hmm. alliance 
I was a little surprised to find that Devin, Kyle, and CT were so tight with Ed. I was a little surprised to find that Emmanuel was with the Big Brother Alliance, but it wasn't, I wasn't like blown away. I wasn't floored to be like, oh my God, Josh and Casey are working together? But what? I'm saying, you know, like it wasn't, no, it was a rock. Yeah, side. but this is my point, right? They make such a huge deal about Corey and Jeremiah. Meanwhile, Devin and Devin and them are with Ed, and we just said Emmanuel is yeah. with. Right. So like they're all doing the exact same thing. They're just calling out Corey for doing the same thing that they're doing. That's the part that was weird to me, but also it's a challenge, right? People are going to do whatever they're going to do and justify it the way that they're going to justify it to themselves. So the Corey Devin conversation I thought was interesting because Corey and Devin are sitting there and Devin says, he wants a vet to win, but a vet that hasn't won before, which essentially means mm. Ashley and Ed or CT. Essentially, right? Like those two teams, Ashley's team and CT's yeah. team. That's who he wants. Which to go is with. funny because further to your point of about them not seeing Amber B as a vet, mm-hmm. he doesn't even mention her and she won last exactly. season. Right? So... <laughs> That conversation to me is interesting because I get that's why you enjoy Devin so much on the show. Because this is Devin politicking. He plays the middle in this episode so very well. And this was so yeah, this is just the start of it, right? Telling Corey, Corey should be fine. Um, and that's just what he's telling him. And then when it comes back around later in the episode, well, we know how that all plays out. I have a question for you though. Okay. You know, were you going to say something? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was I was just going to say, I think to defend my guy, Devin, longtime listeners know I am Devin's number one fan. He gets new information about Corey that sort of changes yeah, yeah, yeah. what we'll he says. There. We'll get there. Like it, new things come to light. It's not quite a backstab. He just changes his no, mind. We'll get there. Uh, bold, bold move to tell someone who's not in your alliance that you are willing to throw someone in your alliance under the bus when he's talking about CT. But he's also totally right. He does not want to see CT in a final, nor does he want to see Ashley in a final. They're, as much as I love Devin, they're both substantially better at this game and better at finals than him and arguably anyone else in this Mm -hmm. house. Like, real talk, Sheldon, who is better in a final than CT or Ashley? No, for sure. It's totally true. And so in the house, there's no, Yeah, one. I mean, on the women's side, it's interesting. Cause you could, you know, there's a world where maybe Tori, there's a world where, um, maybe, uh, Casey, do you know what I mean? Like there's a world where that could happen, I guess. Um, but they're both, they're both flawed, right? Like both, I hear what you're saying about Tori and Casey. But as soon as either one of them comes up against a puzzle or some mm-hmm. match, no, totally, game over. And Ashley is blowing past them. And the same with CT. Like they're they're the most complete uh, competitors in this mm-hmm. game, in this season. That's that's yeah. left. And so Devin's Devin's totally right to be like, Ooh, we need to get rid of those two. Yeah. <laughs> like we need to we need to open this up. <laughs> no, totally. I totally get that. My question that I was going to ask you before, though, was Logan. Because Logan, 
and Big T are talking about how they wanted to kind of pin Nelson and Corey against each other. And Big T, who's partnered with Nelson, was okay with this. What were your thoughts on on this little, uh, you know, we know they got their little budding showmance going on, but what about their strategy here? Does that, do you fall in line with this? I, do you like it? Yeah, I I think that you always have to be putting, whenever you can, you have to be putting friends in against each other. You have to be putting couples in against each other. You have to put obvious alliances in mm -hmm. together. Because you, no matter what, it's a win-win position. You're going to, if you get rid of Nelson and Corey, you're cutting that alliance in half. You put in Ashley and Amanda against each other, you're cutting that alliance in half. Yeah. Right? Things play out a little bit differently where a couple gets put in in this episode. But you just, you got to get rid of the obvious alliances, right? Like, especially if you are like Logan and Big T, where you don't have, like, a rock-solid alliance, where you're not the most dominant players you really need to be uh trying to create chaos because then maybe you get some lucky bounces and things go your way it's not unlike what devin's talking about yeah. right get rid of the obvious ones create some chaos and then hope for the best no for sure i, I get that my whole thing with big t and logan here but more so with big t because logan logan's new to the game right big t is supposed to be a vet Notice how there's no talk about Big T being a vet. And you know why? Because she yeah. plays a messy game just like this. Nelson is your partner. Why are you talking about trying <laughs> to put in your partner and his friend? Shouldn't you be looking at those people as being an alliance with you and Logan and bringing in Logan? Because again, Logan's in the middle. We just like, they went through yeah. the whole list. Where does Logan lie? We don't really know. That's an excellent Nobody point. knows where Logan <laughs> lies. So instead of Big T saying, hey, Let's join with Nelson and Corey and their group because Big T is also cool. Priscilla, no, and Bettina. And it's yeah. not like she gets mad because she's left out of the Vet Alliance, which this is why she gets left out of the Vet Alliance because you can't, you don't know which way she's really moving because she's trying to be nice to everyone except for her own partner. That's terrible gameplay, if you ask me. That's just my, like, I just like, I get what Logan's saying, but again, Logan's brand new to the game. He doesn't know what's going on. Big T, like we we said they don't call Amber a vet, and Amber's been on, what, two seasons? Yeah. Big T's been... Big T's only been on but three. But still, like, <laughs> you've had more go-arounds. You should be looked at as a vet, and yet they still don't take you in as a vet because you're playing... Not only are people worried about if you're a good competitor, but now your politic game of just being super nice... And being innocent as if you don't know what's going on, you can't use that anymore. So you actually have to play the game. And this is playing the game mm -hmm. poorly, talking to your showmance about getting your partner out of the game. Because if we're being honest, the other part is, if this was normal circumstances with normal Nelson, I could understand this. But Nelson's been, like, I know Nelson had the showmance thing with Ashley and, and what's her name, but... Berna, but for the most part, Nelson's been a pretty good partner. He's been a pretty good, like, he's had a pretty good season so far. Do you know what I mean? Like, in, yeah. and I'm grading this on a curve in comparison to 
old Nelson <laughs> seasons of the challenge, right? So he hasn't Nellied it up yet. That's what I'm saying. So like Big T is just doing too much. Like, why are you trying to highlight your partner when that could be one of the only I ties you have to something positive or some form of numbers in this game? I will say, I feel like a lot of people are doing too much, mm. but and bear with me here. Because like I feel Corey's doing a little too much this episode. Josh is doing a little too much this episode. Nani, Logan. There's a, a lot of people really doing it, a lot. The game's here. just starting. But the game's just starting. The vet war is on. But also, I think it works because although lots of people are doing too much, they're all equally doing too much. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So like the levels remaining the same. Even as, like, scene by scene, I'm like, ooh, you should probably just keep your mouth shut. <laughs> like, you might, might want to just take it chill. Yeah. What was not chill was Bombshell Battle, the daily elimination. Yeah. It's pretty straightforward. There's a mud pit. Each team, each partnership, I should say, has four, I'm doing air quotes, bombs, which are, in fact, just colored soccer mm-hmm. balls. And... They have to take turns getting the balls out of the pit. Once you have all four of your soccer balls, then you have to go get the silver soccer ball. In the first round, there's only five silver soccer balls for each partner uh, partnership. For uh, the second round, there is three. And then finally, the final round, obviously, there's just one silver soccer ball. So it's sort of um, in the first section when you're just trying to get your soccer balls, it's just a race, right? Like you're just trying to haul ass, but when it's down to the silver balls, you're going to fight. Yeah. And it's always all guys. (laughs) Well, this just kind of shows the way of the world that the women are smarter. And if we just followed their lead, we'd probably be, be in a much better place worldwide. Follow me for a second here. The women, there weren't much fighting going on between them because they realized who they could work together with, right? Mm -hmm. And so they were just helping whatever team they decided to get ahead more, right? Whether it was finding the balls and throwing them all to one side or throwing them closer to one side to the next, like they just figured out why waste all this time fighting if I'm Casey, if I'm Casey and I'm Nani, why waste time fighting other girls when we can literally just work together and make sure that if we, if instead of me focusing on my balls and your balls, <laughs> that just sounded weird. Cause I'm, I'm like, no, two no, years please old. focus on my balls. Please Sheldon focus on my balls. The point I was trying to make is that if it's a Thursday morning, yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. I'm good now. I'm good now. The point I was trying to make though, is instead of focusing on just me trying to get ahead, if we both just focused on the same colors, right? One color, we pick one color and go after that. We expedite the whole process and guarantee that one of our teams is going to win the team that we decide from the beginning. And I think that was the biggest difference, but you know, the way that it actually went down, uh, Ed, Ed was the first one to kind of realize instead of going in and getting one ball coming back up, the smarter move would be to go into the pit, toss the rest of your color 
closer to where your edge of the pit is. This makes total sense. But Ed seemed to be the first one to realize that him and Ashley were doing a really good job. They were the ones to kind of really uh, smoke it going through. Um, what else kind of stood out to you other than the obvious, or should we just jump right to the, cause when was a Corey and, and Josh stuff? That was round one, right? Yeah. So round one, there's five guys left mm -hmm. one ball and there are some heavy yeah. hitters. CT, Ed, uh, Josh, Kyle, Corey. Oh, Jeremiah was yeah. down there too. That's a key one. Mm -hmm. So they're all fighting for it. Kyle absolutely clobbers Josh. Yeah. Josh did not, for a big guy, did not look impressive at all. Well, our long in this in this physicality. Our longtime listeners will know where I'm always going with this. And there's people who want the smoke and others who don't want the smoke. And Josh falls under the category of he does not want that smoke, which really leads to the biggest issue of this episode, right? Because as the skirmish starts, um, I think Ed got it first and then CT took him out. And then uh, Corey and Josh start going at it, trying to wrestle for the ball. And as Corey wrestles for the ball, he wrestles it away. He tries to pass it to Jeremiah. And everyone kind of gets all up in arms about that, right? That appears to be like, oh, no, Corey's working with Jeremiah. He's working with the rookies. Leaving out the fact that Kyle also tried to pass the ball to Ed and let Ed go. But nobody mentioned Well, that. hold on. Hold on, though, because my guy Kyle, he explains it well in confessional. And it, at first, yeah. like later, Josh is salty because he specifically says, Corey and Kyle turned on okay. me. But Kyle has a very plausible explanation. Kyle is partnered with Amanda. Mm -hmm. He passes the ball to Ed, knowing that Ashley would never put in Amanda. So Kyle's logic was... If Amanda's safe, I'm safe. So I don't mind helping Ed and Ashley because Amanda was helping Ashley. So, yes, he was passing to a rookie, but he is thinking from a vet's perspective. So, so you're my, right. People should have. My counter to that, though, is who is Jeremiah's partner? Uh, who was Jeremiah's partner? Jeremiah. Okay, so here's, here's the thing we got to remember, right? The way that the partners just broke down. Jeremiah's partnered with Tori. And as right. Corey says in the in the nominations, he's like, well, I thought I was doing Tori a solid because me and Tori are cool. But nobody bought that ex yeah. explanation. <laughs> right. No. So this is what I'm saying. Josh, like Josh blew this all up. And I'm hard on the fact that I think Josh is doing the normal stuff that he always does. Right. But I'm yeah. riding with Corey here throughout this whole beef because Josh is so salty. And the reason why Josh is salty, when you break it down. He's scared. He, no, he wanted everyone to just let him win. Right. Yeah. He, he was like, oh, everybody's coming at me. And, and Corey's like, it's a game. Like we're down there fighting for the ball. I'm supposed to just let you win. I'm worried about going home. You're worried about going home. Kyle, like all of them down there are worried about going home. Right. Because as we mentioned, the Vet Alliance is pretty much done. 
everything's on the table now. Mm -hmm. And I think Josh was really just mad because he's thinking, oh, well, why didn't you guys just let me win? It's like, nah, that's not how this works. So I'm with Corey in the fact that he can hear Josh doing his confessional. Like they always film confessionals right beside as soon as you're done the challenge and Corey can hear Josh continuously saying his name and Corey comes over and you can see the initial shot. Cause they used, they had it on a little like GoPro cam where Corey first comes over before like the actual camera is able to film him. And Corey's just like, yo, stop saying my name. Why do you keep saying my name? Like, why, why do you keep saying my name? Stop saying my name. And I thought that was really interesting. And what did you think of that whole skirmish there? I think they're both heated in the moment, mm -hmm. which contributed to it. But I also, I agree with Corey yeah. that like oh, you're going to say hey, Josh there for a second. Why? <laughs> no. Well, so I really I agree with everything you said. Josh is also this is typical of him where he always thinks that things should be handed to him. That is a big thing with yeah. Josh. And this is a classic. You example. guys are my friends. You should let me win. Well, and the, one of the things that bugs me about Josh is he always hides behind the, oh, you guys are my friends thing. But he tries super hard to be friends with everybody. Exactly. Yeah. So you can't then just expect the house to like part like the Red Sea and just let you do whatever. Totally agree. Right? Totally agree. Uh, <laughs> it is It is interesting that you pointed out, because it hadn't occurred to me that, like, how unfairly, like, you're persuading me to how unfairly Corey's being treated here. Yeah. But I also think he doesn't help himself. Like, I don't think That's he's fair. at the point where he's reading the room. Which brings me to my next point. <laughs> what do we all think about the fact that the voice of Calm is Nelson like Nelson is saying, <laughs> Corey, you got to chill out. You're putting a target on your back. Like you got, you're doing too much right now. You got to relax. I had to like stop myself for a second and be like, wait a second. Is this Nelson making a lot of sense right now? <laughs> What's going on here? Like it's a role reversal for Corey and Nelson in this situation. No. Oh yeah. It's usually not this way. <laughs> and I, I think it's because it's sinking in. I think, I do think that part of Corey's strong reaction at the mud pit is that he knows he fucked up. Yeah. Like he knows that the optics were bad, whatever his motivation, he knows the optics were bad of passing to Jeremiah. Yeah. yeah. And also because it didn't work. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> that part's pretty funny, right? Whereas, I think that part's a whereas, huge part. I'll, the other thing, though, that's notable is like Corey, to this point, I believe, has been trying to keep his alliance with rookies like Jeremiah and Priscilla. I mean, Bettina's his partner, so it's obvious. He's been trying to keep it low key. Mm -hmm. We already know that Corey and Nelson view Ed as being allied with Kyle and like Devin's yeah. crew. So it's also less risky, mm -hmm. right? Like, yeah, Ed's a rookie, but like he, Kyle wasn't exactly like blowing people's minds with such like an obvious show of partnership. Yeah. 
And again, Kyle was clearly prepared to answer questions and be like, Amanda's my partner. She and Ashley are ride or dies. Yeah. Helping Ashley helps my partner, which helps me. Right? He also, Kyle, it's, Kyle has, when he helps out Ashley and Amanda, they're going to do all your arguing for you. Yeah. Right? So, like, if someone comes at Kyle, he's like, I was just backing up my partner. And then suddenly you have Ashley and Amanda at you. Right? Mm-hmm. So, like, he doesn't even have to worry about yeah. arguments. No, totally. Uh, the second round, though, did get a little spicy for the women as well. Because in the second yeah. round, Amber is well on her way to getting the silver ball until Casey, Casey's excited. This is her her chance to put her hands on Amber, as she says. And I thought it was very funny strategy by Amber in which all she just did was sit back on top of Casey so that she couldn't go anywhere. I thought that was a pretty funny counter to make by by uh, Amber there. I thought that was really funny. And Big T ends up being the beneficiary, right? Yeah. And, and Big T shocked the world <laughs> by <laughs> by advancing to the final. Um I I actually think Big T is a decent competitor. Yeah. Just like in general. She's not horrible. What I like about her is she's bold. She's got a pretty good head on her shoulders. She's actually a very good swimmer as we learned last season. She's actually on the swim team in high mm-hmm. school. So, you know, and Nelson her partner is a good athlete, even though she wants to vote him in. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then we get to the final round. Yep. And Logan is pulling a big brother by trying to make deals mid-competition. Yeah. He offers a deal to Ed to let him go. And then he tells Ed, play defense. Ed clearly doesn't know what he's talking <laughs> about. So then Logan has to try to make a deal with Nelson. What did you think of that? I thought it was it was a smart move by Logan. Um, and I thought it was a smart move by Nelson. And some other insight, too. Like Corey did say on the after show that he thought uh, he was proud of Nelson for making that deal. Right? Because Nelson was taking care of himself. And, you know, wasn't mm-hmm. overthinking it in terms of, oh, what does this mean for Corey if I do this, blah, blah, blah. Like, he just took care of himself in the moment and made the deal with Logan. And I thought that was a really smart move. But also when you break it down, Nelson making a deal with Logan, who is in a showman's with Big T, Nelson's partner, is a good olive branch. Going back to my prior point of Big T doing too much. Like if I would have told you beforehand that we would look at this situation of a Nelson and Big T partnership and think that Nelson is actually making the better game moves within this partnership than Big T, we'd all be stunned, right? I'm These words coming out of my mouth are shocking me (laughs) just as much as they're shocking the listener right now who's like, wait, you guys have spent the, or I can't say you guys, I don't want to put it on you, but I spent a lot of time saying Nelson's been doing a good job this season, and it's surprising to me too, people. It's it's a weird place that we're in. Another, I don't know about you, Sheldon, but as I watch the show, every season, every episode, I have moments where I'm like, do I not like this person? Okay. And when Logan and Nani won, I don't like Nani. Wow. Why? Like, Explain. I don't hate her, but I was, I was disappointed. 
I feel like she is overrated as a competitor. See, like I know she's a vet, but like she does not strike me as a good competitor. I was genuinely surprised that she won and a little disappointed. Like, I don't think, I just don't think she's good at the challenge. I don't think she's good at the politics. I don't think she's good at the competitions. Um, I was going to say something mean. I'm going to pass over Mm -hmm. that. Instead, I'm just going to say what she's good at on this show is partying. And like, I respect Mm -hmm. her for that. Partying is important, and it's an important part of the yes. show. But I'm just like, like I don't know about you, but like if Nani gets eliminated next week, I'm not going to be upset. There's a lot of other people I like on the show, a lot more. There, I can, off the top of my head, think of five people I like more than I like Nani. You're right. You're least. right. Nani's strength within this show has not very little to do with the actual competition, right? A lot of times she becomes a very good number to have on your side because she often ends up being well liked on every season that she's on. So she comes with numbers, which is always a key thing, but I'll say this much, right? Just as much as the whole challenge enterprise at this moment, I feel like has been moving away from like the partying and hookup side of things. Right. I'll say Nani has kind of done the same. And I would say, Mm-hmm. As much as CT's kind of like fallen in the background and let other people get in the drama, make all the moves, and you don't really pick a side until you have to, Nani's basically done the same thing. And it's done a great job for CT in terms of getting him further along in the game with a huge target on his back, right? And that's why CT has to do it. Well, Nani has to do it to overcompensate for the fact that she might not be that good at the actual challenges. So Mm. I'm actually going to give her credit for this season of just laying low, not being too much up in the drama. Her and Casey seem to be in a happy place. So she's just kind of chilling. There's no like crazy drunken Nani outbreaks or outbreaks, wrong term outbursts. Um, And I think that that is good for her game. And maybe that does help her get to a final. Then if you get to the final, well, anything's possible, right? So I'm not too mad at Nani here, I think. And maybe she won me over too with her, her conversation with Priscilla later on. But I don't know. I, I'm not mad at Nani. I'm not. And normally, I think maybe when she is doing too much and then complaining that she never makes it to the final, right? Maybe that is what I found a little more annoying in seasons past. But now she's kind of, you know, sitting back and being a lot more calculated with what she does, what she says, her alliances, so on and so forth. Yeah, that's that's fair. I'm just I'm out on Nani. It's fair. I'm just I hear what you're hey, saying. I just we don't have to agree. But I'm no, no, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of Ashley, Amanda, and Josh. Yeah having a conversation. Ashley is very upset uh, with how things are playing out for her. She feels like she has a target on her back. She says Corey and Tori are after her. She's having what I call would call a quiet meltdown. Yeah. And in confessional, Amanda's like, you got to chill out. <laughs> like, you're my best friend and I love you. But, like, you need to relax. Yeah. <laughs> and also, don't take advice from Josh. <laughs> 
also true. And Josh, Ashley. I agree with Ashley, though, trying to tell Josh to chill. Right. Because as you just said, yeah. is Josh the person that you want representing you? Right. Speaking on your behalf. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of get that. And no, you you don't. And also. Ashley, it's it's interesting. Like I understand why Ashley's upset in this scene because she's frustrated. Mm-hmm. Because every time Ashley plays this game now, it's the same experience for her that everyone guns for her because she's a two-time champion and has come close other times. Like people know she's the most dangerous person in the house. Because uh, probably because she's more active than CT is, because CT is just gonna is just like a sleeping grizzly bear. Like if if you don't bother him, he doesn't bother you. So I understand Ashley's frustration, but also she has to have the confidence to know that she has done this before. Yeah, she's and although the odds are stacked against her, she's in a better position than usual because she does have Amanda. Like remember, like. There's a couple seasons where Ashley basically went into the house with no alliance yeah. and had to like make friends mm-hmm. and like hang on. Yeah. So, you know, she just I understand why she's upset in the moment. Throwing in your lot with Josh is not the move. And I think she knows that. She's just like in her feelings in this moment. Yeah. Totally. Uh, what did, what were your feelings on this party time? No club, but just looked like a nice old house party. Some dance moves. I liked it. I liked that they were there was a lot of athleisure mm-hmm. wear happening, and I I respect that yeah. as someone who I mean we're both wearing hoodies right now. Um, but it seemed this is this is perhaps a weird thing to say. This seemed like a better party than other parties. Oh that they've had okay and i think it's because it was more casual like it was more like a ski chalet party or like you said a house party is more like hey what are we doing tonight i don't know let's just like turn on some music and like dance you know like it was rather than when they're like okay we're all gonna get dressed up now and like we all have to like walk over to this other part of the compound for like 8 p.m or whatever this was just like Hey, I'm drinking. Oh, that's crazy. I'm drinking too. Like, let's see where the night takes us. The best nights usually are not the planned nights. You know this, Sheldon. It's true. This is true. This is true. Um, We already talked about Nani and Priscilla's conversation. It was probably like the only like real part. Ed telling Amber that he kind of wants to go down, but he's trying to get Casey as a partner. That's kind of his thing. Um. But the big part here was Nani and Logan both discussing that they want to put Amber and Jeremiah in. And I thought they meant put them in against each other. But as we come to yeah. find out, not not really. Put them in as a squad. Um, so Corey was trying to make moves. He was trying to get Ashley to be the house vote. He's trying to get Big T and Priscilla to go and kind of campaign for him. Um, we don't really see how that plays out, but we do see another conversation that involved CT and Devin and some other people were there too. Tori was there. I'm pretty sure. And Ashley mm-hmm. interrupts, but the, the main point of the conversation at first was 
kind of feeling out CT to be like, well, who are you going to vote for? And CT is very open about not wanting to trust Corey or like work with Corey because Corey is working with the rookies and wants to take a big swing. And this is a big deal because a big swing normally means CT. <laughs> so that's pretty apparent. That's yeah. why CT wouldn't want that. The problem is Devin is clearly just feeling some things out here, right? Because Devin, we yep. already know, would be on board if CT was going down. So he kind of wants Corey yep. to stay in the house and maybe have Corey be the front man in taking out his buddy CT. But how does things change when Ashley comes into this conversation? I was going to say, Ashley basically saves Devin from disaster here. Because that conversation between Devin and CT was about a minute away from CT realizing what was going on. Like, CT's not <laughs> dumb. And CT would eventually be like, wait, you want to keep Corey in the house? Then who do you want to go into a limit like you know mm -hmm. what i mean so ashley's arrival and i don't think it was planned i think it was pure coincidence ashley's arrival really <laughs> saved devin from blowing it with his own alliance yeah. yeah and then comes over ashley comes over with some new information based off of what josh told her about Corey making moves to bring down the veteran alliance to throw in so that he has this group of five people. And I'll actually say, again, not surprising in any way, I like what Devin said, where he didn't just take Ashley at her word. He said, I need to see it in deliberations. Yeah. Like, I need I need more proof than just your yeah. word. And the deliberation... Which is smart. Smart, and it also set up for a great deliberation, which essentially just turned into Ashley versus Corey, Right. And mm -hmm. first off, I guess it starts with Logan, who says, now he made a deal. I'm not going to try to do an impression of his voice, but he says he made a deal with Mr. Ed and Mr. Nelson, and he wants to keep that promise. Because if you don't, you're a piece of shit, <laughs> which I thought was a very great line and very truthful and honest, right? And keeping everything above board and on the table. So when you switch over now and it goes to Corey chimes in and he says, you know what? I want to know if you agree with this first off, John. So Corey says the entire time he's been on this show, he's never snaked anyone. He's never backstabbed anyone. He's never done anything um, questionable. Uh, unlike Ashley, who wears her backstabbing of Hunter as a badge of honor. Close quote. Do you agree? With that? I disagree with this. I actually have this in my notes. Okay. I think Ashley's reputation of being a backstabber for stealing quote unquote stealing hunters money i think it's really unfair mm -hmm. because backstabbing by its definition means that you betrayed someone that you get you put up a, a front yeah. you lied to them ashley was straight up all along about her hatred it wasn't like johnny bananas and sarah mm -hmm. Every single step of the way, Ashley said to Hunter, I hate you. And we even had, you and I had, friend of the show, Marie Rhoda on, who said, none of us were surprised because as we ran the final, Ashley was telling anyone that would listen that she was going to take all the <laughs> So 
I don't think it's fair to say that Ashley's a backstabber. She was on a season where she had to be partnered with her super toxic, borderline abusive ex. Yeah. And she made it clear that if she was going to get the shot to screw him out of his money, she would. And she said it repeatedly to his face. Yeah. So there's no backstabbing, mm-hmm. right? It was just straight up, I don't like you. So I don't think it's fair at all. I also don't think it's fair for Corey to say, oh, you know, she has snake earrings. And she's like, it's a joke. Like, yeah, fair enough. It is a joke. Like, yeah. think how, like, all the guys dress often, right? Like, um, Fessy and Josh sharing clothes like they're bored in the house so they have little things to amuse themselves you can't argue that Ashley is dishonest or has broken anyone's trust because she's wearing earrings like that's not enough come on yeah I think honestly at the end of the day this was just two people who for the most part probably like each other like they're cool with each other yeah they're friends they're just both trying to save themselves in the moment and we're gonna say whatever they thought might be able to save them and Devin interject and was kind of trying to pin Corey down about did he advise Priscilla to kind of end the whole rookie rookie teams thing? And Priscilla says, no, she did it on her own. She told Nelson, this is what she was thinking. And I mean, Devin says he didn't really believe that, right? He thought that Corey and Nelson were probably behind it, but I don't even know why that would be the case. Do you know what I mean? Like what do Corey and Nelson have to gain by not having the rookie rookie teams? Like, even if you think that their only numbers come from there, all that means is that it's getting to them sooner because the target would shift from the rookies to Corey and Nelson. So I don't know. It it seems like it would be, I have to say, this conspiracy theory doesn't really hold water with mm-hmm. me. The, the Also, I mean, we have the advantage as viewers that we actually get to see behind the scenes yeah. stuff. We saw nothing about Corey and Priscilla planning this yeah. together at no point. And I think you're making a salient point that it wouldn't really benefit them. And also, Corey and Nelson worked real hard to not have Fessy blow things up. They, it didn't work, but they tried. I mean, Corey did instigate right? the, the fight, but still, they took it yeah, the extra mile. I got was, you. That's yeah, yeah, they took it the extra mile. I got you. Um, personally, I think at that point with Corey and Ashley both arguing like that, if I was in the house, I probably just would have been trying to put them in against each other <laughs> at that point. You know what? This is how we're going to settle it. Both of you guys are going in. <laughs> that would have been funny. But as we realize, Corey and Bettina are going in. And this next scene I thought was interesting, right? Because you have Devin, Nelson, Kyle, Corey comes in, and they're all... Sorry, before we get to that, I want to pause you because we have a listener question. Okay. Mona writes, she, she sent this in the middle of the episode. And that context is important. I'm in the middle of the new episode of The Challenge, and she wants to know why... Uh, why do we think that the guys are trying to get the strong girls like Ashley out and the girls are trying to get the strong guys out? 
when you should be trying to keep the strongest players of the opposite genders so you can run the final with them. So she doesn't, Mona doesn't give this example, but an easy example is if you're a woman, you should want CT in the final because you can run the final with CT. And that is just ask Amber B how effective that yeah. is, right? Similarly, if you're Devin, you should want to run a final with Ashley because you might get to partner with her on a puzzle or whatever. Yeah. And she could carry you through that. So Mona wants to know, what do the boys gain from trying to get out Ashley, who's a proven force in the final? It makes no sense to Mona. What do you think? I don't think it's about Ashley's performance in the final. I think it's just they don't trust Ashley. Like you don't trust having her as a partner. I think that's what really what it comes down to. Also to like she, and the reason you don't trust her isn't because of the snake stuff that people talk about. I just think that it's more about you don't want to be partnered with someone who can blow up at any moment in the house and put a target on your team's back. I think that's the reason why let's, you wouldn't want to partner with Ashley. But let's flip it around. How come, why would any woman want to vote out CT? Cause CT is not the explosive guy he once I, was. CT is pretty content to like go to bed at 10 PM. I don't think we've seen that workout. I think we've seen the opposite. I guess, I guess we've we seen haven't. all like yeah. we've seen, um, Bettina say that she wanted to be partnered with CT. Emmy obviously wanted to be partnered with CT. Berna obviously wanted to be partnered with CT. I don't think we've seen that. I don't think the women want to get CT out. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. It's a fair point. I like your thinking, Shelly. Uh, but let's talk about this scene because it's an interesting scene. Yeah. With well, uh, Devin and Nelson and Corey and Kyle. And I feel like there's someone else there, but those are the four Josh. important players. Josh was there, of course. Josh always is there. Yeah, I mean, they're sitting around and they're talking, and I think uh, Corey says, "Oh no, Devin says, oh, I don't, I don't trust Ashley," which is very interesting because Devin voted for Corey, right? So, like, <laughs> it is another interesting subplot of Devin playing both sides very well, but that's how the conversation starts, and then Kyle jumps in and says, "Oh, I don't trust her either." And Corey, this is why I'm I'm still riding and repping Corey. Corey instantly ch laughs at what Kyle says. And Kyle's like, what? what you, what's so funny? And Corey's like, well, if you don't trust her, then why didn't you vote for her? And Kyle says, what are you talking about? I didn't vote for her. Like I voted, I didn't vote for you. I voted for Ashley. And obviously no one believes that. <laughs> and neither does Corey, more importantly. He's like, come on, man, like, I don't know what you're trying to do here, but you're not going to lie to me to my face. There's no point in doing that. And then Kyle jumps to the, his initial trigger where he tries to turn it to escalate it. Right. And pretend like you want to fight. And again, Corey handling this perfectly. Like, what are you talking about right now? I'm not going to hit you. I'm smarter than that. Like, I'm not going to try to fight you. If that's what you're trying to do right now, I'm smarter than that, which I very much appreciate. And the part that I don't get that annoys me the most about Kyle is that we all know that he's lying. Right. And of course we know in the after show, the votes get made public. So we know that Kyle and Devin did in fact vote to put Corey in, right? Like we know that. 
So Kyle and his confessionals like, oh, everybody in this game is running around being a snake and lying. But the only difference is they all lie. And I just admit it. It's like, no, you don't. You just lied. <laughs> we just watched you lie. And then now you're lying again in a confessional. <laughs> like, what? What's happening here? And that's where Kyle annoys me. Because he's always just like, he's telling so many lies and, and he's just in the spin zone all the time, right? He's always just like, uh, yeah. Kyle would be someone I would never be able to work with or trust. And that's why I totally agree with Corey. Totally agree with Corey here. But what did you think of that whole scene and how it broke down? In fact, now that you know that Devin was also lying when he's like, oh, I don't really trust Ashley. Well, I love. See, the thing is that uh, there's no way Corey would ever see. Well, he'll see it now. But in fairness to Devin, Devin was in the midst of persuading CT and Tori and Kyle to vote a different way when Ashley rocked up, interrupted the conversation, mm -hmm. and just like so basically supported CT's arguments without knowing that she was going to be. So Devin is telling the truth when he says that he doesn't trust Ashley because yeah. Ashley kind of fucked his gameplay. That's fair. And he's adapting. Um, but then again, also, Devin never said, Corey, I did not vote for you. Because, <laughs> yeah. right, like, you said this earlier in this episode of You Killed It. Devin is playing both sides, and he is having, so far he's getting away with it. And I think, I mean, I'm Team Devin, you know this. He's doing a good job so far, but I think it is going to catch up with Wait, him. Wait, you like Devin? I, I didn't know that. I didn't realize you were a yeah, fan of Devin. True. I had no idea. None. I'm stunned but, to find out that you would admit that on this pod. But when he when he was sitting there and Chica said, I don't like Ashley at all. I laughed <laughs> because it was so even the way he like shook his head as he yeah. did it is such uh, like that's how you say it when you're lying because you have to like be so animated that it covers up any ticks you might yeah. have. No, for sure. For sure. So let's let's jump ahead here to this elimination, because I thought okay. I thought this elimination was incredible because it had everything that makes the challenge competitions so good because you always think. So first off, we'll, we'll get through the formalities, right? We know that Jeremiah was going in and ends up be, or no, sorry. We knew that Corey was going in and then the votes by Logan and Nani put in Jeremiah and Amber going in as a, a, as a couple into the elimination. And I will say Amber took it pretty well, which I was kind of surprised about. So maybe they told her ahead of time. So she knew, so she was prepared to go yeah. in. Maybe the blow was lessened because she was going in with Jeremiah. So she was okay with that. I don't know, but either way, Amber took that pretty well. So again, it's Corey and Bettina against Jeremiah and amber and this elimination why i thought it was so cool was because it combines all these different things as to what makes this show so good it's not just about your strength and power there's also a huge endurance factor there's also teamwork 
So it's also physical and then mental just as much because there's a puzzle at the end. What was the strategy that you were going to use? How are you going to communicate with your partner? And this was hard because you're on this. So basically what you had to do, you climb up and you had to grab puzzle pieces and carry them across the platform with your partner. And however you're going to figure out how to get those pieces from one end to the next with your partner is however you're going to figure that out. And the other part that was messed up, which I don't, I think they should have shown like a better close up of it was what the actual platform looked like. Because when I realized, mm. when I was like, oh, wait, this isn't straight. <laughs> like I got that it was rocking. Yeah, I thought it was just straight at first. I was like, yeah. Ooh. And so when I got that it was rocking and that would make it difficult, but the fact that it wasn't flat on top and it was pointed and angled on either side. At that point, I was like, this is incredibly hard. Like, I couldn't even figure out how I would start to attempt to try this. And they both fell over and over and over again. And that would be so tough and so draining. And I'll be honest about another thing here. I'd be so annoyed by all the people on the sidelines yelling whatever the hell they're yelling because it's like, shut up you guys are standing here watching us do this do you know how hard this is like n i don't know who would be good at this because it's all about there's so many different things there's weight distribution are you heavier than your partner are you taller than your partner all of those things matter and come into and come into play here right yeah i laugh so hard because at one point josh shouts this is what you trained for as if there is any way to train for this <laughs> This looked so hard, and uh, I still follow Corey L on okay. Twitter, and he was tweeting like, "This looks impossible," and I agree with him. Like, so hard, it occurred to me. I guess it was against the rules, but I'm like, why wouldn't you just have one person walk backwards and one person walk forwards on the balance beam? But I guess you had to be on either side. I think that was stipulated. Was it? I don't even. I don't even know if it was. It, it must have been. So one thing, I don't know if we've ever talked about this. I saw it years ago. I saw an interview with TJ, mm -hmm. and apparently they have to cut out a lot of explanation for when he explains the rules of a game because there's all, they ask apparently a million questions. Yeah. Like all the competitors will be like, can we do this? Can we do that? Can we do that? And they're like, are always trying to find loopholes? So apparently after he like breaks down either the daily or the elimination competition, there's always a million questions where they're like, well, can't, can't we just carry it across one at a time yeah. or like whatever? So they probably stipulated you have to be like on different sides of the balance yeah. beam. So I was impressed with the athleticism of Jeremiah and Amber yeah. who sort of figured it out, but like she was super low and basically walking in like a crab walk mm -hmm. across and Devin, my guy said this isn't sustainable this is gonna be too hard on jeremiah's lower back and i think it was gonna Which, be too hard sure. on amber's like hamstrings right like that's what i was gonna say that would be murder on your hamstrings i was because they so amber and jeremiah jumped out to an early mm -hmm. lead and i was like okay let's say they win is Amber going to be able to walk tomorrow? Yeah. Like, is, like, 
if they have to do a daily competition tomorrow, she's going to be sore as hell. Like, that would be impossible. But then, something came out that maybe they told us this before, but I didn't appreciate. Bettina is a dancer. So she knows footwork. Mm -hmm. And she suggests to Corey that they hold each other close rather than far, like what uh, Amber and Jeremiah were doing. And uh, Corey and Bettina just start flying across. Yeah. Right. And they, they, it's more about communication than just like pure strength, which I think is something we often see on the challenge is that the competitors think, oh, you just got to muscle your way, way through this. Like you just got to power through and that's how you get it done. And then Bettina and solves the puzzle herself. <laughs> basically, well, there's, I'm not going to lie, Sheldon. I didn't think it was that hard to puzzle. No, but well, there's a couple things here, right? Like one, the strategy of it all, because as you mentioned, the weight distribution is going to be the biggest part of the whole thing, right? And the way that both teams started, and in fairness, Corey and Bettina just kind of copied what Amber and Jeremiah were doing. The weight distribution, so much more stress is being put on the guy because he's holding up all the weight. And so, you know, Amber is making it more difficult for herself to walk. So it's like a different part of her body, a different part of stress. Now, the funny thing apart about that is it was Corey's idea to, hey, see what they're doing? Let's try that. And Mm. it was funny because when they end up solving the puzzle, he's like, you know what? I kind of know my role. I sit back and I stay. I stay, I know my lane, I play my position, I take a step back. And maybe if he did that in the beginning, and but I don't know also if Bettina came up with that in the beginning or if she just figured that out after how many different tries. But either way, maybe he would have been better to let her take the lead from the get-go in terms of whatever she thought might have been the best way. Because the way that they did it, by bringing them both closer, the weight is more evenly distributed. Even if Corey is heavier than her. The fact that they're closer, you're you're moving the weight distribution more to the center of the beam as opposed to it rocking one way or the next, right? And so... It's a different fulcrum. Sure. (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I'm not even sure if I used that right, but I'm going to look up define fulcrum. And I'll... And And I'll keep talking. Sure, no problem. I nailed it. Fulcrum, the point on which a lever rests or is supported and on which it pivots. Different fulcrum, baby. See, this is why this podcast works. This is exactly why it works. <laughs> Does it? I have no idea what you're talking about, but cool. And there'll be people listening that'll represent me, and there'll be people listening that'll represent you. And that's why this works. Hit a bit, a little bit of everybody, you know? Fulcrum, fulcrum gang, stand up. <laughs> Please, if you if you are a viewer that reps the, the what gang, sorry? The fulcrum. Sure. Whatever John just said, if you rep that gang, please message us and let us know. <laughs> oh, man. But my, my point here, though, is that Bettina, she suggested, hey, let's try it this way. And it ends up working. And they just get a rhythm. 
And once you got the rhythm, you and they communicated, which is funny you mentioned that word because it's the exact same thing Corey said on the after show. He said, once we finally started communicating something which we weren't really doing for the most part during their whole time as partners, they figured it out and it worked. Now, I give Corey a lot of credit for knowing that puzzles are not his strength and he kind of let Bettina do her thing. And at least at that point, it becomes a lot more straightforward, right? Because the other part to emphasize, and I don't know how it really took place. And as we found out after we discussed last week's episode that, you know, obviously there's some editing that goes on the way that they made this one seem, I was already feeling bad for Corey and I thought they were going to lose. Like they were getting crushed. It wasn't even close. And mind you, Corey did say, Corey did say on the after show, he was like, this was the hardest elimination he's ever done by far. And he said he thought they were done. And he even was starting to prepare his like farewell speech. Like that's how much he thought he was done, but he was still like wow. just going through the motions. Cause he didn't want to quit. He's like, I'm never going to quit. You're not going to see me quit or give up or whatever. So we are going to keep going. And he's like, that's why I give Bettina so much credit because she kept going. And a lot of rookies, heck, a lot of vets might've just quit because that was so hard of a challenge. Even just at certain points, they both referenced having to climb up on the ladder after a while that started to hurt. And that made things more difficult as well. So you know, the fact that they were so far behind and came back, you know, once it started to get close, that Jeremiah and Amber both got rattled. So credit to Corey and Bettina for figuring that out. They they pulled off a massive comeback and they ended up winning. And Corey, <laughs> they, they ended up winning and I'm stunned. I, it was the first time that I'll admit that I was actually surprised in how this played out because midway through, I thought they were going to do the normal thing where it's like, Oh, Hey, we're going to make it seem like this was close. And here comes Corey's team. They're making the comeback, but then they lose and still fall short. That's what I thought was going to happen. So I was stunned when they actually came back and won. That's what made this episode great is that there was both in deliberations. And like, that was the most exciting deliberation we've seen in some mm -hmm. time. It was a close vote. Like, Corey and Bettina got voted in, but Ashley, to, Ashley and Egg got some votes as well. Like, it was not a, a clean sweep, yeah. which is what we've basically seen throughout this mm -hmm. season. It was pretty close. And then, yeah, the elimination was really close. Yeah. Um, I have my line of the episode, Shocky No One is from Devin, <laughs> says... Corey somehow managed to win a puzzle elimination without touching a puzzle piece, which had me That's laughing. I also, we have another question. Holly McNeil asks, they make a big deal about having a rookie rookie team, uh, about having rookie rookie teams left, but why? If they can nominate individual people, it shouldn't really matter for elimination purposes. I answered this question on Twitter. I said it's for uh, the rookie rookie stuff is for who the house votes in, which must be a pairing. So rookie rookie teams get voted in and then the agency picks two rookies to go in against them. But then Hollywood, the unreal foggy says, why didn't the rookie that was in the agency put up a fight to put in a vet, split the decision and see what happens. 
And I bring this up because uh, it's a good question from the perspective of Logan in this episode. Why was Logan so cool with putting in Jeremiah? And like, I know Amber is sort of in a gray zone as to whether she's a rookie mm -hmm. or not. But like, how, I mean, maybe we're missing it, but why do you think we haven't seen a single rookie be like, no, I'm going to vote my own way. Like I have my own agenda. Because they, the, the rookies in the agency. Yeah. They, they clearly don't feel comfortable enough to make that big of a, a stand. Right. And you could definitely see Nani mm -hmm. would advise him like, ah, that might be doing a little too much here. We have one other twist to this episode. Corey and Bettina, they've already talked about who they're going to pick. Corey's going to go with Casey. Bettina's going to go with CT. And then TJ tells them to rejoin the group. Mm -hmm. And everyone sort of freezes. And Corey and Bettina are like, say what? And he's like, go ahead, rejoin the group. And they stay there. And TJ's like, no, like go up the steps, rejoin the group. And they very slowly, reluctantly inch their way up tori doesn't have a partner anymore she is without her partner uh devin is without his partner uh what do you what do you think is going to happen i think it's pretty obvious what's going to happen but i'm curious to know what your thoughts are i have no idea i think they'll just stay with partners for a little bit longer i don't know i think it's going to become an individual game starting next episode hmm. yeah could definitely see that for sure. Could definitely see that. Where all the partner, and in which case, it's interesting because that'll change deliberations. Because as I just finished saying, the voting, the house vote, is for pairs. So I guess then you vote in a man and a woman. I'm not sure. Yeah. What was your line of the episode? Uh, so my line of the episode isn't from the actual episode. It's from Twitter. It's from Ashley responding to something from the episode oh so ashley says and this is from her twitter and first off if you're not if you watch this show and you don't follow ashley and amanda on twitter i mean they're so it's good. just hilarious it's great stuff so ashley says so a few things one amanda would never let me give her money even if i tried this obviously is in reference to um nelson Nelson's claim that Amanda and Ashley are such great friends and Ashley won the million dollars and tried to give her a $500 gift card. Right. So two, Ashley says, I never gave her a gift card. Three, she did it for me and Hunter Four, she didn't choose that. I didn't split the money with Hunter Four, Zach would steal it anyways. So she also goes on to say, I did give a bunch of gifts for uh, Amanda's kid uh, for a few different ages. If Amanda needed anything, a vote, money to bury a body, she already knows I'm always here. And then Amanda says, Nelson is so dumb for making up that $500 gift card shit. I can't even stop trying to save your best friend. He's going in. Bye. <laughs> they are great follows on Twitter. Um, yeah, they addressed uh, it on the after show as well. And, and Amanda kind of said, you know, she backed up exactly what Ashley said, but kind of just went into the whole fact that 
you know, that's not really a thing. There was no gift card. Who knows where that even came from? It's such a dumb rumor. Um, and she's just like, yeah, they're just, that's her best friend. She also went into like the Fessy stuff where they play, they posted a picture, the picture of her and Fessy on vacation. And she kind of talked about what we talked about a couple of weeks ago about her and Fessy being a thing and how I think her quote was, oh, Fessy dumped Michelle because he wanted to get with a real one. <laughs> Close quote. <laughs> like Amanda is the best. Amanda is the best. But yeah, that's my line of the episode. Um, this is a tough one this week. But who killed it for you, Sheldon? See, I'm going to flip it here. I actually think who killed it, it's Bettina. Oh. And the reason I think Bettina killed it was because two things. One, when Corey was clearly freaking out that he got thrown in, that conversation that she had with him, I think, was very calming. Where she was just like, it's okay. Once we win, we're going to go in. And then once we come back, I think it's better. Like, it's showing smart gameplay. I think it's better if we separate because clearly there's going to be a target. There's a target on our back because I'm a rookie and because you're clearly at the bottom of the vet list or whatever, but it's probably better if we split up, which is smart thinking ahead and also changing Corey's focus from being mad about being voted in to now thinking about the future and how this could actually be a positive thing. And I think that was a really smart thing for Bettina to do. And then number two, obviously what happens in the elimination, they won because of her. She's the one that solved the puzzle. She's the one that came up with the fact that they should switch their strategy. They don't win without her. So my initial thought was Corey. And then I'm like, no, no, no. They don't even win if it's not for Bettina. And on multiple levels. And then I also add in a little extra spice just for the fact that I think it was a good moment for her to kind of surprise us right? Show a little bit more of her personality, show a little bit more of what she's capable of. And I think that was a good thing. So all in all, I'm giving it to Bettina. You killed it in this episode. I'm also going to go off the board. I'm going with the viewers. Okay. And this is on two points. First of all, that really was the best episode of the season. That was fantastic television. It's exactly why we love the show. And also, I'm going with you, the viewer, you, the listener, because we got rid of Jeremiah and Amber B. Jeremiah contributed nothing to this season as a viewer. He just, I don't know, mumbled through the occasional confessional. There was entire episodes where we did not see Jeremiah. Yeah. He, he was just wasting air. And I'm going to be honest pretty over amber early on people were saying oh you know people are hating on her because she's a champion and i was like mm, maybe and then she just kept pushing that narrative oh and like throughout my notes on this episode i have like i have notes saying like amber give it a rest yeah. like again we have literally seen throughout this episode Devin and Corey saying we want to get rid of someone who's won before and yet they never mentioned Amber. Yeah. But she believed everyone was out to get her. And I was so tired of like, we saw it in the club scene. She's talking club, the party scene. She was talking with Ed and she's like, no one's talking to me now because uh, I'm the champion. 
Nah, they're not talking to you because all you do is make out with Jeremiah, who is like a blank canvas, and talk about how you're the champion. Like they're just sick of you. You're not. Yeah. You're not a good conversationalist, Amber. So I am glad to see those two go. So I believe, as I said, the viewers, the fans of the challenge are the winners because I feel like this show just got a lot better and I'm really curious to see what happens next week. Me too. Where can the good people find you on social media? Only the good people. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander, on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And of course, you can find the pod wherever you get your podcasts, as well as YouTube. Like and subscribe to the podcast there. See our handsome faces if you want. You got some time. Put us on in the background while you do some work around the house, you know? That's how you like and subscribe to the pod. That's actually how I listen to my podcasts, is I usually listen to them while I'm doing errands or chores. Mm -hmm. So maybe you might be like me. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at jh at the hill and until next week this was you killed it you killed